Hello, uh, Kieran. Hey, Darcy. What's up? Ah, uh, you know, doing a sewed, as they say in the States. <laughs> I've never heard that before, and I hate it. <laughs> it's the thing they say, the young Americans, while well, they eat their... Sa- I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for breakfast, because I wanted to see what they taste like. Yeah. They don't taste good. Uh, I'm not going to revisit it. I used to have them. I think they're all right. Oh. What did you have for the the jelly or I jam? I used blood plum jam, which is delicious. It tastes very similar yeah. to raspberry jam, but it's okay. got a bit more, uh, well, actually, softer flavor, more fruit, less sugar, basically. Yeah. Is that the problem? Did I not put enough sugar in? I think so. I think the thing is you've got to have a really, like, you've got to think I like I specifically bought some white bread, like mm. pre-sliced white bread. That's, that the, that's the right move. Haven't had in the house ever. Yeah. It's just always crucial to understand that American cuisine is Tasted built like on a brioche, very weird. yeah. American cuisine is built on a very fragile infrastructure of like sugar and fat, and if you take those elements away, it doesn't hold up. It's not like fucking Japanese where it works all on the subtleties <laughs> of the freshness of the individual ingredients. You're not going to improve American cuisine by improving the ingredients. You're just going to well, it was just the jam I had to hand. Can. I wasn't being. It was a gift. Someone gave me some blood plum jam. <laughs> I swear, officer, it wasn't even mine. I wasn't at a farmer's market trying to source hip jam yeah. from the hep cats. Yeah. I used to like PB&J. That's what the cool kids who are down <laughs> with the lingo call it. PB&J. Uh, but that said, my palate is the palate of a child and I was a child. Well, that's interesting because I was most reminded of uh, fairy bread. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it's, had a strong fairy bread thing going on. Yeah. I don't, so that was just an experiment. I just wanted to see what they were like. I yeah. won't revisit them. Okay. Um, and so if anybody if anybody wants to write in, I have a uh, a bag of <laughs> sliced <laughs> white bread yeah. that's either going to go to you or some birds. Mm. Let's hope the uh, birds get it. I don't know what the- I just wanted to leave that hanging there. That yeah. A- <laughs> I fucking- I, I went into the- to the- the motions of doing a response line you to did. keep the thing going, but I was totally preoccupied <laughs> with the notification that I'm sure the listener just heard. It was a really good notification as well. Yeah. Yeah. Student <laughs> Wellbeing and Inclusion Day. The best day. All right. Fuck. Let's- <laughs> Welcome to Weakness for Bleakness, <laughs> listener. I am Darcy Moran. Sitting to my left is Kieran Stevenson. Hey. And uh, broadcasting delayed from the Belmont studio, this is mm. Weakness for Bleakness. Hit it. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said, the icebergs are the dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when words philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast for tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, and everyone their own damn spies, remember when the world was wise, we no, no, no. Uh, all right. Shall we, like, stories? This is how the show yep, works. I've already forgotten the running stories. order that you gave me. Who's uh, going first? I'm going first. Ripper. With uh, it. news about the CF. Hit it, hit it, hit it. That's my double new thing. M- my new phrase. Hit it. Yeah. Hit it, baby. Yeah, your new thing. My new thing quotation mark. Ah, uh, fuck. Where did you find that? At a regional center 
my market enormous store. Uh, brain. Mm, yeah, good. Uh, a lot of people say I came up with that. <laughs> Trump is going to make a uh, an appearance later in this episode. But first, I want to talk about the CFWMEU. Firstly, it's frustrating that they've they added do another have another M. M. Yep. Yeah, maritime. CF- Mm, CF. Mm. The only union that gives guaranteed satisfaction. Unless yeah. you are anybody but John Setka. Yeah. Well, I mean, Setka kind of fucking holds the ball at the moment because this this is Both what this of the is balls about. And the hair around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so he is has been for a while talking about withdrawing his donations from the Labour Party, and it looks like that's going to happen. And he's backed by the union and also by uh, one of the electricians' unions, yep. the electricians' union. Uh, and now there's the question of will he... Firstly, that's a big hit in sort of funding terms for Labour, and there is the possibility that has been floated by some people uh, that the donations will go to the Greens instead which Richard Di Natale has refused to rule out. Uh, well, he always refuses to rule everything out. Mm, mm, mm. It, is a, it is a conundrum <clears throat> of, do we want this big financial backing at the expense of it being fucking John Setka, who is fighting tooth and nail well, not to step down for being an abject piece of shit? If I may, at the expense of the entire purpose of the mm. movement, right? Yeah. CFMEU... Double uh, Sorry, yes. The CFEU mm, are uh, mostly a blokes' union. Yeah. And the electricians' union that's backing them is mostly a blokes' union. Yes. And most union members and most unionised workers are women mm. in 21st century Australia. Mm. Uh, the average union worker is a woman in a sort of between 30 and 40, basically. Sure, sure. Uh, so... What this is essentially doing, yeah, like it'll hurt labour, but the fact is women's union membership rates are growing. Yeah. Men's are declining. Yep. And if this is just a part of an, an old guard painfully dying, yeah, uh, I say let them let them die. I would 100% be happy to let them die. I'm frustrated by the possibility that- The financial might- hit- will be compensated for. Like, you can always find money if you're a fucking politician. Yeah, and also, like, it's a mosquito stinging a man who keeps stepping into rabbit holes and rolling his ankle. Like, Labour is doing enough damage to themselves for the- Oh, gotcha. For the donation to be a minor thing. It's frustrating to me the prospect that uh, Setka might be able to just escape all- uh, repercussions by just pivoting and then spoiling the Greens. How long do you think that a Greens mm. alliance with the mining and forestry unions well, is going to fucking... That's a very interesting thing. Such a ridiculous suggestion. As you know, I have... <laughs> it's going to last maybe... I would give it two months at the absolute most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, but you're be- being too optimistic, Darcy. <laughs> This is, I have no faith in anything. And while I have my problems with the, the Greens as a party and the, the sort of <clears> the <throat> scope of their focus and whatnot, I think that they're an important force in this extremely fucking uh, inert political landscape that we find ourselves in. And the idea that they could fuck themselves is a bummer to me. But yeah, I think- 
I think it would on harm the balance. The, you're probably right. It would harm their reputation with their base enormously if yeah. they were to be the ones who stepped in to protect John Setka. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Arthur Wood. Yeah, um, but as it would be a short-lived. I mean, it could cost Richard Dean entirely his leadership, and yeah. then maybe somebody who's like from the Greens Party could. <laughs> Who like who would be in line for the leadership of the Greens? I don't even uh, says Sarah Hanson Young maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. She gets a lot of fucking shit. Yeah, I people think hate her. People really do hate her um, because she keeps standing up for yeah, the yeah. Because she was elected to stand up. She has for principles representing, and she's a woman, relevant so. issues, and uh, because she won't be bullied. Yeah, basically. And because, yeah, 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 she's just, uh, uh, like, representative of the sort of- Oh, and quote, also, unquote, she's a woman, they, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forgot the, the other- It's like, there's yeah, also yeah. something else fundamentally wrong with her. <laughs> yeah, Some yeah. Some horrible birth defect or mm, speech- mm, Oh, no, mm. that's right. She's yeah. two X chromosomes. The, the, the cardinal <laughs> sin of Australian society. <laughs> That particular accident of birth. But we do punish all accidents of birth. <laughs> Poverty, race, <laughs> gender, everything. Uh, sexuality, yeah. Uh, there is a, a like a little funny sting in the tale of this, uh, which is Erica Betts like, falling over himself to get in front of a camera to be like, it would be quite- uh, uh, He's the Vincent Price guy. The scaliest, so most disgusting man in Australia. It would be quite ironic- for the Greens, who have campaigned so hard on gender rights to accept money from the CFMMEU. Uh, just surprising nobody and like, a liberal- Because the liberals don't stand a chance of getting that funding, so him coming out and being like, the, the, Our opponents shouldn't take money. Our ideological opponents shouldn't take money. Which they shouldn't. He happens to be right. But it's always just fun to see the game being played so nakedly and out in the open. Look, Erica Betts is only ever correct when he's being hypocritical. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the story. The CFWMEU and then filthy money and their filthy- Let them go. Front I, man. I think it's, it's far more important uh, for the future of the union movement mm. to make it clear- that the union movement is a pro-woman yeah. organisation because the fact is most unionised workforce roles these days are yeah. female-dominated industries. Well, this is the- Because uh, most unions these days represent service workers, not manufacturers. When people are- Not that there aren't women in manufacturing, but it's about, it's about <laughs> yeah, just yeah, how yeah. the chips have fallen with gender dominance yeah, in yeah, different yeah. industries. That's like something that's important to bear in mind, because when people bitch about identity politics from either side uh, of the, the divide on that one, when people are like, oh, we need more women CEOs and these class-based reforms aren't going to help, and when people are like, oh, we need to focus exclusively on class stuff and not even think about uh, identity stuff, like- both of those extremes forget that just on a basic statistical basis, yeah, these class issues usually come down hardest on uh, women, on non-white people and shit like that. So you do have to both acknowledge that the class-based reforms will help those demographics and also acknowledge that you need to kind of not just ignore those demographics and be like, oh, no, completely. Sick is my boy. Completely. And class stuff versus identity politics is a trap I fall into a lot. 
and that's well, be- yeah. because I have the default identity. Mm, so yeah. it's therefore not apart from if like Jewish stuff creeps in sometimes yeah. into yeah. the margins. Um, <laughs> but generally speaking, I've got a pretty safe identity, so yeah. I, I do tend to neglect it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's easy to easy to neglect in our position for sure, but it's also easy to get wrapped up in. That at the expense of all others. See, for example, Kamala Harris. Kamala! The cop. Anyway, that's the that's the story. Let's push on. What's your first? Scott Morrison flags Trump-style economic plan in pledge to cut more red tape. PM yeah! promises to slash regulations. That, yeah. quote, impose the largest costs on key sectors of the economy. Yeah. And provide the largest protections to workers. How good is laissez-faire? <laughs> and the environment. Mm. Laissez-faire is... Uh, a system, I just want to remind uh, viewers who are not aware of this, but during the 19th century, when laissez-faire economics was at its uh, gung-ho heights, yeah. there was a capital crisis pretty much all the fucking time. Mm. There, there were some brief periods of uh, post-crisis prosperity, and like there was rapid, rapid growth everywhere, which obviously disguised the crises to yeah. some extent, but uh, bankruptcies and disasters were mm. commonplace in the 19th century, really commonplace. There's almost never a moment without a massive disastrous financial scandal or bubble or yeah. piece of mayhem. Yeah. It was uh, it was a terrible way to do business. Well, because, yeah, the, the raw stuff of unfettered capitalism is a fucking, like, weird uh, mutagenic monster from a fucking David Cronenberg film that just yeah. keeps growing and well, flipping out in weird ways. Especially when you have the double whammy of um, shackling laissez-faire policy to like a fucking gold standard currency. Yeah. So you don't you just you can never have enough money in existence to cover the amount of money that you say must exist. Yeah. That's also not good for confidence. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and consistency. Yeah. So that was a big problem as well. But the existence of fiat currency doesn't mean that laissez-faire economics is anything short of another recipe for another disaster. Because yeah. fiat currency can also overheat bubbles in a way that you didn't get under um, gold standard or silver standard or whatever clay standard. standard. Yeah. Um, anyway, after six years, mm. this is from The Guardian, by the way, from Amy Ramikus. Uh, yes. uh, the coalition have oh, been Amy. telling us about these amazing reforms they've got in the pipeline mm. since before they beat Rudd and Gillard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and really all that they... I don't know. What have they done in the past six years that's been like a kind of heroic reform? There's been tax cuts. Well, yeah, there's been tax cuts. There was... I mean, the the first tilt at it was the 2014 budget, the notorious <laughs> hockey budget, about 10% of which went through. When he was because having the, the time of his life. Yeah, because yeah, the entire right. fucking country that wasn't a bloodthirsty <laughs> landlord or employer was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is a little much, guys. Like, It's so amazing. Don't yeah. ever have... Uh, a, a well-nourished man announced policies like that. It's yeah, such yeah. A- <laughs> Especially not if he's been photographed that afternoon having cigars on his balcony. Gangster's cigar. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. What an arsehole. Joe Hockey. So yeah. many fucking people I went to high school with were Joe Hockey <laughs> types. And they were the ones that were like, they had a godfather background on their computer and they were like talking about how their uncle was in the fucking mafia and then they become two-bit like the manager of a KFC or something. So Robin's got 
got a soft spot for Joe Hockey mm. because, as she puts it, she's like, you can see him trying to think. Like, he's one of those people who you, mm. you can see on his face mm. the physical expression of pain as he literally <laughs> tries to understand what he's just been asked and yeah. the defensiveness with which he yeah, answers yeah, yeah. He, because he, he knows that he doesn't understand the question. He's definitely defensive, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, she just found him really adorable. He has all of the, <sighs> the characteristics necessary for sympathy if he were a character and not- Oh, 100%. <laughs> not, not a man destroying millions of people's lives, yeah. yeah. Uh, in a speech to the Chamber of Commerce and Industry of Western Australia, mm. uh, Morrison said the government's previous red tape cutting initiatives had created savings of $5.8 billion. Mm, that is impressive not number. sourced, yeah, by the way. Course. That is not a sourced claim, and it certainly mm. didn't help him avoid the uh, massive, massive deficit, uh, deficit yeah. uh, increase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That old bundle of fucking illogicality. Yeah, anyway, sorry, go on. This is the chilling quote uh, right here. Yeah. Rather than setting targets for departments or government agencies... Mm. Okay, we're removing accountability. Yeah. We'll be asking the wider question from the perspective of a business looking, say, to open a mine. Yeah. Commercialise a new biomedical innovation. Yeah. Or even start a home-based family business. Yeah. So, we're removing all accountability from Mm. our bureaucrats. Yeah. We are slashing regulations designed to preserve the uh-huh, existence uh-huh. of our life on this planet. Yeah. And we are going to have options for those of you who will be made unemployed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can always become an Those Avon options will not ref- be welfare. Yeah. They will yeah, be yeah. bootstrap bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Open a Gugor shop. Everybody's doing it. You can get fucking a shipping container full of cheap uh, shit, cheap imitations of good cutlery. And open up a fucking homewares store in the middle of a suburb for some reason, as if anybody's ever going to go there, and then subsidise it with <laughs> who knows what. It's a p- well, it's okay. You can run your home business very efficiently because mm. of the uh, new na- national broadband network. Yeah, yeah, uh, delivering the same speeds as <laughs> the previous copper network. It's never been quicker to post an ad to Craigslist <laughs> saying that you'll let a rich person beat you up for twenty bucks. It's never been slower either, but it's never been quicker. That's crucial. You used to just hang around the park. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Took ages. And at least you could get some exercise, though, and meet people. (laughs) Um, Now, by focusing on regulation, this is a corker, from the viewpoint of business, Mm. we will identify the regulations and bureaucratic processes that impose the largest costs on key sectors of the economy and the biggest hurdles to letting those investments flow. Yeah. By focusing on the justice system from mm. the perspective of murderers, we'll be able yeah. to see where along the line, you know, they're being detained from conducting their activities. I got that what one as well. Bit? Regulation <laughs> from the perspective of business is the fucking wildest <laughs> idea ever. From this thing, let's look at this thing from the perspective of the thing that it's supposed to be a check and balance against. This is fucking so good. So there's there's hints here of what may be triggering this, mm-hmm. right? And it is it's 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 important that he's made this speech in WA because WA yeah. has decided to do a carbon price of its own, mm. right? 
because the federal government fucking suck at everything. They're yeah. useless. And even in West Australia, people are starting to get their heads around the idea that they want to live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really yeah. that fucking simple. Well, because if the water level comes up high enough, you've got to run for fucking ages to get anywhere from West Australia. So, this is a point where you have to- Mutually assured destruction mm. is a deterrent, not a challenge, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the the West Australia Environmental Protection Authority has apparently created uncertainty over emissions targets oh, uh, for the resources sector and are a barrier to investment. Now yeah. this is the problem with laissez-faire thinking. Yeah, literally all they see are profit and loss, short-term, immediate profit and loss flowcharts. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, laissez-faire policy means you can't plan for the future it means you don't believe there will ever be a future literally all you're focused on you're not thinking like an economist or a scientist mm. or an engineer you're thinking like an accountant yeah and i don't have any particular antipathy or hatred for accountants but their job is to focus on immediate financial snapshots of what's happening in the company yeah it's not their job to work out vast future implications. Yeah, they're typically of- one smallish department <laughs> yeah. of a much larger company, unless they're a specifically accounting company. But they, they don't factor in opportunity costs. They don't factor in a slew of issues. Yeah, right? human li- costs, ethics. Yeah. It is just their job to analyse Regulation, government, like, except <laughs> insofar as it contains the- It's a fucking the- very important <laughs> job. Yeah. But you can't base your entire no, no, outlook no. on it. It's mental. It's like saying, I can see the code in the matrix while some dude is belting you in the balls. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter in that moment. Like, there's more factors at play. <laughs> Than the fact that you understand the system of of money, which of course, like it's easy to see how they mistake that for reality because they've spent decades setting it up so that it would be reality. But yeah, in the face of existential crises, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. So Mm. Scott Morrison's basically, and this is not a surprise to anybody, it's just good he's announced it, but he's specifically modeling this after Donald Trump's policies which we know from verifiable data mm. have any kind of like positive uh, outcomes for unemployment and yeah. economic growth were baked in from Obama's um, shitty fucking reforms. Yeah. But like statistically, yeah, they're there. Yeah. Trump's not responsible for any of them. They've just reached a certain pitch and after just- Obama's eight years of tending to them. Yeah, and just like never has one person going in to enact a series of financial reforms ever been so obviously just a gangster serving his own interests. Sure. Like, there's there's and nobody who can credibly claim that Trump has a well, savvy overall and compassionate look. No, but the, the main argument in his favour yeah. is that share prices and therefore dividend profits yeah, have yeah. gone up. Right? And unemployment's gone down and, and all of that. Yeah, and now unemployment going down. I say that was baked in from Obama. Yeah, it's just a trend that he didn't ruin yet. Uh, and <clears throat> share prices going up doesn't mean he's doing a good job as an economic manager. No, it means that shareholders are foreseeing greater return on investment as a result of him being president. But that doesn't mean he's doing an overall good job managing anything. No. It just means that they're going, oh, good, he's going to cut fucking red tape. Yeah. He's going to make it easier for my company to extract and misappropriate wealth. Mm. That's all it means. Yeah. It doesn't mean the company is even going to be producing more money. It just means more of that money is going to be going to shareholders. Yeah. 
this is a bit like how I reckon that I could be a better Christian than Israel Folau. Uh, I also, I don't have the, the base of knowledge to be a good finance person, but I feel like I understand the basic thing that like a spike upwards, like volatility is one of the problems of the market, right? Yes. Not, not just shrinking growth, although obviously that's bad as well, but like a spike after a momentous political uh, event, it's sh- like nobody worth their fucking qualification should just be unabashedly excited by that, unless hypothetically they're just greedy sharks. Yeah, and in fact, I mean Trump's um, on the, the back foot now with business owners mm. and uh, CEOs and operators. Because he's taken his nonsense too far. I don't know how much of um, Morrison's reforms are going to include Trump's like tariff stuff. Yeah. And his, um, I didn't even call it brinksmanship, his just weird, sporadic, synapse-firing foreign policy. Yeah. yeah. But you can't separate them out from each other. If you're going to yeah, be Trumpian, right. then it basically means my plan to fix this is to make it impossible for people to understand what's happening. Yeah. That's not yeah. how you build a healthy society. No. <laughs> it's definitely not. Uh, should we fold in our next story? Because it's intimately related. Fold it in by all means, Kieran. I would like to talk about a speech that Scott Morrison has given to a business group in Perth. I don't know if you've heard about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a bit later in the speech where he talks about industrial reform. Oh, good. Industrial relations. And this, this like, it's all part of a fucking a solid thing. It's the same story. <clears throat> I think that we treat Scott Morrison from the, uh, what's the word? The, the supposition, the presupposition that he's an idiot and a villain. So what I would like to do- I agree with those premises anyway. There's not a simulation. Mm, 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 mm. But I think we should take him at face value, read his words for what they are, and see if maybe he has a point with industrial relations and see if he can pull something off. All right. Like you, he says, our government believes in cooperative workplaces. That's good, in theory. Yeah, worker ownership, absolutely. In his new capacity as Minister for Industrial Relations, I am asking Christian Porter to take a fresh look at how the system is operating and where there may be impediments to shared gains for employers and employees. Hmm. Any changes in this area must be evidence-based, protect the rights and entitlements of workers, and have clear gains for the economy and for working Australians. So far, so good. Yes, surprisingly good. Suspiciously good. Hmm. We would expect business organisations such as yours to build the evidence for change and uh, help bring the community along with you uh, too. Uh, there's is this the like asking them whether what, what the government should be doing to make them more profitable? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> fucking... It's, it's new work choices kind of stuff. He's yeah. talked already about the flexi-casuals thing where you would get all of the detriments and none of the benefits of being a casual, basically just legalising the sham contracting shit that they've been... Uh, doing for uh, a while. Broadening horizons for enterprise, Kieran. Yeah, sorry. Broadening horizons for enterprise. Fuck, you socialists but- are so negative. I'm going to starve to death. <laughs> uh, Change the record. But the, uh, the the crucial thing there is, yeah, pol- political speak, we've got to protect workers and shit, but the, the, the code there, and we expect you to lead the debate, and crucially to bring the public with you, is 
we want you to start drumming up horse shit around industrial reform, which they've been doing admirably, saying that uh, workers are too expensive, <laughs> don't want more minimum wage, don't want more entitlements. So, yeah, expect industrial reform to get a big fucking shot in the ass from business uh, groups who are the dumbest people, I think, on the political stage in this country because they say with one breath, uh, I can't afford to put my workers' wages up because people just aren't buying that much coffee anymore. So my cafe can't put its wages up. I would have to close down on Sundays, our most profitable day. Well, I mean, and this then is- with the other thing being like, why can't anybody buy coffee anymore? Because nobody has the fucking wages to do it. <clears throat> sure, but th- they are being stupid, but it's also beyond them to an extent because the mm. fact is an individual cafe can be in this position, right? Yeah. Because it's an it's it's not a rationally ordered system. Yeah. There aren't enough resources for what they're trying to do. That's why we keep having financial crises. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not the fault. Again, it's a systemic issue. Mm. When you get into a situation where you say, all right, what's happening isn't actually the fault of a particular capitalist. Mm. It's an inevitable situation brought about by the structure of a rentier class existing in the first place. Yeah. A lot of capitalists are at their mercy as much, like petty capitalists, cafe owners, are at the mercy of this shit almost as much as workers are. Yeah, of course. They but have no because without without uh, market influence, yeah, you can't engage in the necessary thuggery to make things profitable. Yeah, for sure. And I have sympathy for people who want to open a cafe and can't. But the fact remains that a lot of the also people though, who get- if you want to open a cafe and can't, don't worry, you're dodging a hell of a bullet. Well, yeah. Firstly, <laughs> running a cafe life. is terrible. <laughs> but like the the Jesus. type of person that I resent is not the person who's legitimately passionate about opening a cafe. Uh, it's the person who thinks that hospitality is where the easy money is. So they open a cafe, they get their fucking focaccias from the same catering company as everybody else. They burn the fuck out of their coffee. They underpay their stuff. Why does nobody they use don't... actual focaccia to make focaccias? Why does everybody use Turkish know. bread? I, d- I don't know. I wasn't expecting to meet you have the to, gourmand. If you want to call it a focaccia, round. the most important ingredient is actually the focaccia. Yeah, sure. I mean, I agree with you in principle. I don't think that it's the most germane issue at hand, <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. We can disagree on things, Kieran. We're still friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I never really thought about it. Um, but it, it, these people who don't know, they're shit at it. They shit at running the business. They don't have any passion for hospitality, for coffee, or for food. Uh, they just think that if they scrape together the money for whatever deposits they need to pay and open up a cafe, that they're then entitled to get good money in yeah. return. And pe- people see the um, fact that, you know, you, you sell a. You, Coffee costs, you know, 20 cents worth of beans to make and you can sell it for close to $5. And they go, wow, what a return. Yeah. it's just, But it's in real terms, you're still not making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fucking... Anyway, yeah, that's the second half of that. Not only the red tape shit, which is very <clears throat> alarming, but also the IR stuff, which is also very alarming. It is very alarming. And it's the old uh, quote from dear old uh, J.M. Keynes, you know, you're operating on the basis that the worst people acting for the worst uh, motives will bring about the best society. Yeah. Really stupid. I know JM has ups and downs in popularity, and he was fundamentally... I, do you know who reminds me of him a lot, actually, is uh, Liz Warren. 
Oh, yeah. Right, and this idea that you've got somebody who's like, well, I mean, maybe we can make capitalism work if yeah. everyone in the room isn't a complete fuckwit. Like, let's try it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a sort of weird cooperative capitalism almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like it's it, better than neoliberalism. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah, least the people uh, advocating for it have thought about the theory. At least you can say with confidence that there's one conscience in the room. Yeah, well, and we we actually we know that capitalism did work best under Maine's... Uh, Kane's principles. Mm, mm. But anyway, Let's, days are done. Yeah. <laughs> what was my next one, Kieran? Uh, I can tell you it was about the Arab world turning oh, away yes. from religion. The Arab world is turning mm. away from religion. What a bombshell. Ah, that's a tasteless. Whoa. Well, funnily enough, mm. uh, also views on aggression towards America are uh, completely unlinked to that because oh, yeah. um, there's a, co- a constant uh, level of people polled um, yeah. believe, quite frankly, that America deserves to have the shit kicked out of it for what it's done to their region, yeah. which it's, I think is fair. It's interesting that it's it's not, in fact, because of some no- mind virus dogmatic religion, but it's the material re- reality of having your shit pushed in by a bully day in, day out that makes you hate America. Yeah, very much a feeling in the Arab world that America mm. is trying to destroy them for some reason. Yeah, um, can't imagine why. Some sort they of must- post-colonial paranoia, no doubt. All of this freedom envy that the Arab world has... <laughs> That's Truly right. Childish. I forgot that. Yeah, they hate, they hate our freedom. freedom. That yeah. was the most ill-articulated yeah. in a, like in the history of conservatives mm. failing to articulate shitty yeah. ideas. That was the worst ever. In a sense, they hate what you're doing with your freedom. Your freedom to interfere in global politics and bomb whoever you like without repercussion. They hate you f- using your freedom for that. Yeah, America. I think it's 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 the fact that Arabs have had experiences where they sort of. You know, they'll 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 rise up against oppressive circumstances mm. and uh, at American uh, you know exhortation, and then are abandoned by America and massacred by dictators. Yeah, and then the country will reach a sort of equilibrium, a stasis point, yeah. and America goes right now. It's time, go 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 go. Yeah, bomb yeah. the shit out of it. It's yeah, very it's weird, fucking grotesque, and they get the. <sighs> They get the rawest deal as, like, a region of the world. It's like, oh, we can't sustain the Southeast Asia monstrosity anymore. Let's do it, but twice <laughs> as bad in this entire region. It's fucking... I don't... I <laughs> Like, I legitimately can't... I think that they should be stopped, but I can't find it in my heart to blame the logical uh, sort of operating principles of most terrorist organizations that are anti-US. Because <laughs> I, w- I would be fucking tempted as well. Well, it's like the I- IRA, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. okay. Operating into the 1980s, maybe not necessary. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, pushing it a little bit. For for most of the past 900 years, yeah, like on board. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> thing. I don't agree with what they do. They hurt people or whatever, but still fewer people than the US, probably. I don't know. They do some pretty uh, wild probably, shit. Probably, I would say definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't want to go to bat too much for them because then, you know, somebody will point out one of the terrible fucking beheading videos or whatever. All violence is bad, but yeah, you can't blame kids for joining up is what I'm saying. Um, anyway, <laughs> well, I, I want to get into the actual nit nuts and bolts a little bit of the survey. Yeah. All right. So we sorry. Have, uh, 25,000 people across 10 countries and the Palestinian territories. Mm. Right. Now, this was done by BBC News Arabic and a... Uh, group in Princeton University called Arab Barometer. 
All right. They've been doing these uh, polls for a while. Yep. The last one was taken between 2012 and 2014. Mm-hmm. Now, 11% of respondents then said that they were not religious. It is now almost 20%. All right. That's, that's a uh, jump. That's a, it's a 7% jump in five years. Mm. So 7%? For, 11 to 20? Isn't that 9%? Almost 20 I Almost was being 20. dramatic. All right. All right. So eighteen percent. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, but that's 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 a tenth to a fifth almost in a very short space of time. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve percent of the countries surveyed had a positive view. Uh, people had a positive view of uh, Donald Trump. Mm. Um. Tw- but <laughs> you've got oh, sorry. Twelve percent of the people in the countries surveyed had a positive view of Donald Trump. That makes more sense. Twenty-eight mm. um, percent felt positively towards Vladimir Putin and Erdogan in Turkey got 51%. So Donald Trump compared to like the other nutbag psychos yeah. that they're familiar with for a, doing very poorly. Not, a shame. not well thought of at all. Ugh, racist. Um, 60% of people say violence against the US is a logical consequence of interference in the region. Uh, How, what was that percentage? Sorry? 60%. Yeah. Uh, and... In uh, Palestine and Yemen, uh, 75% of people believe that violence- That should be fucking right. 100%. The Yemeni people- Like, I can understand that the Palestinians are maybe preoccupied with the Israeli thing and could could separate the issue, but the Yemeni people should be fucking 100%. Look, it's heartening that there are enough people under all mm. circumstances who are able to remain kind of somewhat balanced and say- I know this isn't the fault of most of the people. <laughs> it's a yeah. government issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want it on record, though, that I am very angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there a middle option? Is there a middle option? Kind of. Like, emotionally, I would like to kill yeah. them, but intellectually, yeah, I know yeah. it's not appropriate. <laughs> no, but I get it. Um, it's it's what will uh, what will <laughs> we've got. Um, Concerns that um, the Middle East is less democratic than it used to be mm. in more uh, than 60% of Algerians and 40% of Sudanese. That's not surprising. Mm. Um, Sudan, of course, still in the midst of a, a governmental crisis Yeah, that's significant globally. Um, and everyone agrees that their governments suck and aren't meeting the expectations of their citizens. Yeah. We've got growing belief that women uh, and uh, LGBTQI people deserve far more rights in society. Although when the questions are framed as, you know, how should families be structured, how should workplaces be structured and so on, people express more conservative views on gender roles. But if you ask them specifically about women and LGBTQI people, progressiveness is growing. Yeah, yeah. That always comes later, the family unit stuff and the the workplace stuff it's frustrating that it moves so slowly but yeah um, here's a bit that's going to put the fear into mm. the tories 52 percent of 18 to 29 year olds Mm. are thinking of migrating oh no yeah 52 percent of young arabians want out of the middle east yeah i think it's just arabs i think arabians might be one of those old-timey whatever not so good why (laughs) 
I don't know, man. I don't. I what don't go to the meetings. Could I just possibly be the difference. I just hear the results. Saying Arabs and Arabians. I suppose Arabians probably refers specifically to people on the Arabian Arab Peninsula. Peninsula, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, which is incorrect then, because I don't think Saudi Arabia was in this survey. I don't know, man. For I don't know what to tell you. Very obvious reasons. I don't think it's easy to survey people in Saudi Arabia. Mm. We'll say in that case, um, Levantinius North Africans. Sure. Is that okay? Cool. I don't know, man. I think it's just that they don't like it very much. It's like the Aboriginal versus Aborigine thing. And it's like if enough Indigenous people are like, we don't like Aborigine. No, but that's I'm a like, difference. Fair in, enough. That's a difference in like nouns and adjectives. No, they were both used interchangeably. They were, but yeah. but it is now an issue of nouns and adjectives, isn't it? It's also just an issue of like, like a lot he, of Aboriginal he is people. He an Aborigine, that's Aboriginal art. No, nah, but like generally speaking, the word Aborigine is seen as a bit fucking condescending and weird because it was chiefly used by like bloodthirsty governmental. Uh, but so was the word paternal. Aboriginal. Yeah, but that I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm not from the demographic in question. I'm just relating what I've heard. I think Can somebody maybe they don't please like get it. back to me on this now. Wake Darcy up, people. <laughs> he need- <laughs> he needs. These- uh, Semantically identical terms. Well, this whole this whole headline and your analysis of it is suspect now. <laughs> that you've committed these grievous sins. Sorry, I've, I'd rather put you off your swing. No, there, you've I just think. I've just lost my because I was I was playing with the article <laughs> with my thumb while we were talking, and now I don't know where I am. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Now Moroccans under thirty. We've got a seventy percent rate of people thinking about emigrating. 70% from Morocco. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, Morocco is... So, Morocco is outside of the immediate instability arc that America's caused, obviously. Um, yeah. But the Moroccan government's very constrictive. Right. It's, um has an absolutist monarchy mm. with a kind of sham parliament. Yeah, yeah. Um, the religious authorities exercise an enormous amount of influence over the country. Mm. And as a consequence of that, there's not a lot of opportunity in jobs or in academic life or cultural life it's it's hard yeah yeah um <clears throat> interesting i don't i don't know a lot about morocco i don't know a lot about morocco that's why i'm limiting figure. i'm limiting my statements to just that because yeah, i don't know yeah. the specifics at all but yeah. that's just what emerges in societies usually when you have too strong a religious authority and yeah. uh, and yeah. too little uh of a kind of input from the citizenry basically yeah yeah that's a, that's i mean those are you not like I know all of this, but it's really good to have down on it's paper. Nice to have some that, numbers that that people are generally like pretty thoughtful, pretty logical, pretty human. Almost yeah. like they're not fucking. It's a it's a kind of decaricaturing but... of the yeah, region. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's um, important for Western audiences to absorb. Yeah, um, this idea that. <clears throat> that 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 Sam Harris needs to shut the fuck up. Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. There's this marvellous bit where, I can't remember, was it um, Reza Aslan, mm. who's not, not a man free from problems himself, but pointed out ages ago, the new atheist's problem is that they 
are fundamentalists in their yeah, interpretation yeah. of religion. And Sam Harris's response was like, yeah, but it's the only way to read the text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that like, argument always, always bothered me. That uh, <laughs> No, actually, logically, you have to organise yourself in the way that I've refuted because otherwise it doesn't work. <laughs> It doesn't work otherwise. And I understand the new atheist position. I understand the fundamentalist position as being like, yeah, but it's what it says and it's a holy script. Yeah. I don't get to interpret yeah. it. It's like, yeah, but but people do. Yeah, yeah. It's f- The fact is people fucking do, you know? This it makes is- no sense that the Liberal Party have ever won an election in this country and mm. yet they have won most of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be- you know, people don't behave like computers analysing data. They yeah. just don't. One of the great flaws with economics, I was appalled when I learned about homo economicus mm. at the start of my economic yeah, training, yeah. this idea that economists, to this day still, by the way, mm. straight-facedly are like, oh, no, well, people behave rationally and that is the basis of all of our theories. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah, yeah. But um, in any case, that's a tangent. Yeah, the the Muslim community in uh, Arab states turns out to be much less of a Muslim community than we may have thought and may very well primarily just be a human community. Yeah. Um, well, still four-fifths. Well, yeah, but Religious, these are countries but- where it's not super easy to necessarily yeah, yeah, say yeah. that you're not yeah, the exactly. subscriber as well. It's this, yeah, the same way that and in the West, a hundred years ago, everybody had to say that they were a Christian. and There wasn't a specific breakdown of young people's views towards religion as well. Yeah. I'm yeah. assuming the spike is from young people. Probably, yeah. And if you eliminate older conservative um, pollsters of, from the- are you advocating the elimination of old Middle Eastern people? All old people. Yeah. I'm um, with you. <laughs> really? Like, uh, anyway, I, I won't go into that. Um, <laughs> not mum and dad. I like mum and dad. <laughs> yeah, it's always not mum and dad. All the other ones. Yeah. All the ones I don't know who I can blame for things. Yeah. Not my mum or dad either. They get to live. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like a- the Nazi who's like, yeah, but not you. Like, yeah, you're yeah, one yeah. of the good Jews. You can, <laughs> yeah. You've always, you've always, you know, done me, done me solid at the bakery. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, how would you like to stand at the line and take people's identification documents? I would find that an intensely boring job, mm. um, and I wouldn't be able to focus on them. I'd, so I'd probably just let everyone through. Be like, mm. yeah, I don't fucking know. Yeah. What's this Cyrillic? I don't fucking read. So I just go. Um, well, that's a heartening report. Generally. It is a heartening report. It's also a very depressing report at the same time. Well, because, it throws everything into um, As so many of these young people feel they need to leave the region. And I'm not- a, Yeah, yeah. I've, I've no issues whatsoever with uh, free movement of people. I'm 100% in favour of free movement of people. Yeah, yeah. But it, I w- it's, it's sad when people feel like that that movement is a result of pr- something that a uh, forced migration of pressure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as opposed to just a desire to yeah. travel. Yeah, it is. When the numbers hit fucking 70%. When the number's more than half and it's 70%, yeah. it's not because people are like, oh, well, I just, you know, I'd like to see yeah. the world. I, it's not a few entrepreneurial adventurers. It's, yeah, it's something a massive about crisis. Escaping here. some sort of danger yeah. or bondage or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, should we just- well, if they're bringing bondage over, the Tories should love them. <laughs> uh, that was quite a neat little punch there. Uh, should we go on to topics because it's related? Yes. All right. Uh, our, our, our primary topic for, for this one is uh, this war on Iran kind of deal that we're getting into. And I don't want to uh, necessarily go too deep into the overall. Other people have talked about it with more sort of grace and knowledge uh, than I have. But the overall idea of it is that elements within the US government are attempting to fucking start a war with Iran by doing this fucking, like, by putting ships in uh, whatever that strait is called that's nearby and... F- either fabricating or sort of enticing attacks on them and, and trying to set up an excuse to go to war, trying to set up a Cassus Belli or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, what I want to focus on specifically is the revelation uh, quite recently. When was this written? Uh, Saturday. So three days ago. Mm. Uh, that the the planes were on the way to fucking do a retaliatory strike for one of these semi-imagined slights. Yeah. Uh, well, this is the fuel tanker attacks that yeah, yeah. hasn't been proven that Iran did. Yeah, and almost certainly didn't. Like, yeah. Iran's not going to provoke the US at this point, uh, except in, like, not bowing down or whatever. Uh but anyway, th- th- this revelation uh, that Donald Trump saved the US from war with Iran. He cancelled the strike 10 minutes before bombs away. But he ordered the strike. He ordered the strike, but he cancelled it. I'm not trying to give Donald Trump credit for not being at war with Iran, but just to say that, to emphasise what a fucking precarious situation we're in. Uh, yeah. Re- the war I don't think the it's US more precarious than it was, though. Like, we always knew he did this shit. Yeah, but now it's actually happening, dude. Uh, John John Bolton, who looks like a cartoon, like if they adapted a William H. Macy film into a cartoon, John Bolton is how they would draw the William H. Macy character. Oh. He looks like a fucking... Sam Elliott's asshole brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does look like Sam Elliott's uptight uh, country town accountant brother or something. He's a fucking, he's a weirdo, and he's been uh, trying to get the US into a war with Iran for a long time. John Bolton's one of these classic guys who's extremely brave when he's in no danger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like my pet dogs I used to have that would fucking just be savage as fuck when people were walking past the house. Yeah, but the second (laughs) the gate is open, (laughs) away, yeah. Uh, Here here on the ABC, uh, there's a little bit of a... (laughs) <laughs> a uh, bio on him. He's been described as a hawk's hawk, the hawkest of all hawks. And when the imagination of that particular elaboration- Notoriously out- hierarchical hawk <laughs> society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also as a pterosaur, uh, creatively, from somebody. Uh, and he's he's worked in every Republican cabinet for the last, you know, million years or whatever. Uh 17 years, I think. Uh, and he's try- He's written articles with titles like To Stop Iran's Bomb, Bomb Iran, Iran. Yep. 
uh, and we cannot verify and must not trust Iran's promises. Uh, he was really against the, the treaty that Obama put into place and that Donald Trump subsequently abandoned. Uh, yeah. So this whole thing has been a fucking boon for him. And he talked Donald Trump into into approving this retaliatory, in scare quotes, uh, strike. And then Donald Trump says he asked how many people would die as a result of it. He was told that 150 people would die and that he cancelled the attack 10 minutes uh, before it was sort of bombs away. The US is not going to win a war in Iran. And de- not just in the way that they've not won a war in Iraq. As about, so it depends what we mean by win. Yeah. If their objective is just to, like, knacker Iran. Yeah. That would be they, they, that, would, that would be a win. Like, they could destroy Iran. Well, I mean, they could nuke Iran. Yeah. But on a, on a ground war thing, Iran is a significantly- uh, Oh, no, they won't win larger an Larger and more thing. formidable foe. They don't have the guts the for it. They don't have the resources for it. And they mm. eventually, we've learned- if anything takes longer than two years, America can't do it. Like, it just fundamentally can't do it. Yeah, yeah. They haven't won a war. They're going to lose I mean, in that's Afghanistan. that's not their model. Hmm? They're going to lose in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, they will leave. Mm. Um, but the knowledge, uh, the, the opinions on the ground of people who know this shit seem to be stating that Iran is a much, much fucking stickier prospect than uh, any of their operations in the Middle East so far. That they have, uh, the Iran has a significantly uh, better military position and military, yeah. generally speaking. People talk a lot about that Millennium Exercise war game thing where the US simulated a fight between uh, not America and not Iran as part <laughs> of a, a training exercise. And the guy who ran the Iran forces pushed america's shit in with a series of unexpected kind of strategic decisions and then they restarted it and forbade him from doing any of that and said you've got to let america win so that our fucking big billion dollar exercise looks good uh (laughs) which is very american indeed uh (laughs) here's a lesson i don't like the lesson mulligan (laughs) yeah uh what are you gonna do if the cons uh, for, all right, no, no, no. Here's my question. I'll get to the the personal doom saying about like conscription and shit later. How quickly do you think that Australia will fucking join in in a doomed war against Iran? Oh, immediately. Yeah, there wouldn't be any, especially because with China rising in the east mm. and Australian politicians feeling pressured to show loyalty to America because of our economic ties to China, yeah. we would 100%. We'd probably be there before America. Waiting on the beach, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would oh. be embarrassing. Ah, oh, fuck, we got pinned down, but we invented this thing with dripping water and cans to fire our <laughs> rifles for us. Don't worry, Boz. The Americans will be here soon. <laughs> yeah. Let's fucking pretend that this was a military victory for the next 150 years. There's uh, a narrow strip of sandstone we can use as a cricket pitch. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, fuck. Heartwarming photos taken with the six uh, young men in the village who haven't been obliterated by a fucking hellfire missile playing cricket with the Australian troops. Oh, God. Uh, 
I think that this is this is potentially a bad thing. This is much more real than the North Korea shit that nearly kicked off. Well, Iran um, doesn't have uh, China's security umbrella mm. for deterring American aggression. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a much higher chance that Americans think they can get away with attacking Iran. Yeah. Um, well, the real revelation from this article is that they did, they just didn't finish doing yeah, well, it. Well, quite. Um, I, I, I think they won't have any help from Europe this time. Yeah. Accepting potentially the United Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, the UK will go in. If uh, Boris Johnson is fucking leading the conservatives <laughs> and and the country, then the Royal Marines will be there. Under Boris Johnson, they'll reinvade Iraq or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Re-engineer their own Gallipoli for themselves. <laughs> we landed in Turkey. Turkey? Ah, oh, yeah, oh, the land of my ancestors. <laughs> ah. On um, to the Hagia Sophia. Hmm. We'll reclaim it for Christendom. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking bird. Uh, uh, another forever war. Another forever war, Darcy. We haven't even fucking finished the old forever war- wars, almost by definition. Well, indeed. Um... Why do you think, I, I assume there's some sort of moneyed interest at stake, or do you think it's madness? Uh, I think it's, I think part of it is madness. The the, because the advisory fact is, circle around Trump is madness, because it's John Bolton and, it's, and his other fucking uh, uh, lackeys and shit who have just been aching to prove American dominance. Like, that's their thing, the America world police. It's generally vibe. been sort of accepted that the Iran deal was... Mm. Obama's meaningful contribution. Basically, that was the thing that he succeeded in doing. Yeah. Um, So they had stopped the bomb. Like it was fine. There was no, unless you were an Iranian, then Iran was absolutely no threat to you. Yeah. And then less than five years later, we're on the brink of war with them. Well, America is on the brink of war with them. And then by proxy us. us, Yeah. Yes. The 52nd state or whatever the fuck we are. The most loyal dog The ever. Puerto Rico of the Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In- Except in this position by choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon if there was a plebiscite to join- Nah, it would never get up, but, like, I think that 100% of fucking conservative politicians would join as a independent territory of the United States. Oh, absolutely. Plebiscite. Absolutely. would be like, Yes. This is the great irony of Tories, you know. They, mm. They're always banging on about strong borders and sovereignty, but they can't wait to be told what to do by America. Yeah. It's yeah. so weird. Well, that's the fucking position that we're in. Uh, potentially, like, within the next couple of weeks, it could start to turn sour. These fucking oil tanker attacks are 100% the weakest... Uh, fucking fabrication of evidence. Well, I can I can safely say that I have literally no idea mm. what's going on with it. There hasn't been anything informative published anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apart, I guess apart from this one article about that from the ABC that's just specifically about the the, I mean, the, the, the attack. They're, no, they're not about the no oil shortage tanker debacle. Of, uh, no shortage of groups in the Middle East who might have cause to attack an oil tanker. Yeah, and it's like... It could be anything. It could be a fucking civilian flipping them off for it all we know. It could be a civilian. The, the, could, wouldn't put it past bloody 
uh, the bin man in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. He well, I think one of the I think there's been two tankers that have been quote unquote attacked, and yeah. one the first one was like a Norwegian uh, ship, and I'm pretty sure that that was just horse shit. Like that was John Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the tamper, you <laughs> bastards. I'm not letting you get close this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then there was another one, which was a Saudi ship, uh, which is much more serious, of course. Of course. Uh, our, uh, our allies in the region. Uh, Staffed entirely by um, indentured workers from the subcontinent, no doubt. Yeah, probably. And then probably attacked by the only the only Saudi in the whole affair was the guy pulling the trigger. Let's put it that <laughs> way, uh, because they also most definitely fucking, true. Yes. Yeah, they also want to fucking destabilize uh, Iran's uh, influence in the region. So, yeah. yeah, I think we're yeah, fucked. pretty much Sa- Saudi Arabia's foreign policy since it became a country has mm. been about fucking Iran however yeah. they can. Well, just becoming the US of the Middle East, really, like with the, the few sort of policy and uh, aesthetic differentials that that entails, but for the most part, just being like, nah, we're going to swing our dick. suppose it is kind of like an extraterrestrial Utah in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Well, extraterritorial Utah, sorry. Utah is extraterrestrial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not wrong. It's just redundant. Yeah. What are you going to- How are you going to avoid the draft? Um... When well, this goes badly, and it turns out they have a nuke already, and I mean, oh, traditionally, yeah, just having all of the political opinions that I have already mm. should get me lodged as a conscientious objector. Yeah, there's that fabulous uh, story where Charlie Richardson refused to sign the Official Secrets Act, claiming that he would sell the secrets, especially to the Russians. <laughs> uh, damn right, I'm a fucking communist. He wasn't, um, yeah. but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he did go to... This is the thing, though, is you have to go to prison. Yeah. If you don't go, it's like, oh, I don't think I'd like prison. But it's probably minimum mm. security prison. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, it depends on how bullish and bloodthirsty the uh, regime is being on that true. particular day, is it? I, I suppose I could I could k- extend my studies, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I might Although, be also, to... I've got flat feet. Yeah. So they may not want me anyway. The That's one of those things, though, as soon as wars actually, like, excuse. start, then mm. the army goes, ah, it turns out yeah. we just need guy, lots of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, flat feet is <laughs> These, not really one an of issue. One of the things, whenever they talk about women joining the army, all the fucking, like, nerds, like, no, the quality, you can't dilute the quality. Yeah. Like, yeah, not how it works once actual fighting starts. Yeah. Guys. Because warfare has always been exclusively about the quality of soldiers and not the number of bodies and the technology that they have. Honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. I think- Also, you can train women to be strong. This is a thing. You can- <laughs> Yeah, that's the also same, the truth. Much of the same techniques that work teaching <clears throat> men, training men to be strong, you can- Yeah, Women yeah. can do as well. Yeah. I have known some women who have been into fucking strength training who could- kill me with their bare hands yeah, with know, quite a lot of I know things. a female bodybuilder. She has a terrifying physique. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like the the minimum floor for soldiering is floor FL. I thought she was sprinkling it's, flour on something. She was actually just crushing a brick between her hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
if if there's a draft and I'm allowed into the army because I can do fucking the number of push-ups or whatever, whatever low bar they set for a draft boot camp. See which way to go. Yeah, yeah. Then any enthusiastic should be allowed in the army. And then I will call them rapists and murderers along with the others. But, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I think prison would have to be the way to go. Conscientious objectors prison, if you can, if you can swing it. I would like to lodge here formally as evidence that I object to the war with Iran. And if it comes to a draft, I will fucking not go. And I will also sell secrets to Iran. If you send me, I will be the most passive, aggressive, annoying Jew soldier on the planet. (laughs) Darcy can't go because he's Jewish and they hate Jews over there. They're going to fucking target him especially. Uh, I'll just be complaining about the air conditioning the entire time. (laughs) Uh, it's bad, but that's the story. I just, it's just apocalyptic kind of musings about the fact that we came 10 minutes from war in Iran and the next time he's probably going to just do it. (sighs) He'll fabricate another attack. John Bolton will brush the crumbs out of his mustache and talk about how important it is that the US asserts itself as an authority in the, in the world. And then uh, Australia will be involved in that war. Two days later. Do you think Bolton and Kissinger like each other's company? Do you think they get along? Or do you I, think they hmm. see too much of themselves in one another? I and think the latter. Find the other just. just I don't think they're like each other. And disgusted. At all. Yeah. I think of it as kind of like a. Did you ever see the Death of Stalin film? Yeah. So, like, quite friendly with each other, but secretly, like, murderous hatred. Uh, Drawing up their lists. Private. Yeah, yeah. I like Jason Isaacs in that as the- He does a good joke job. Of it. I've never seen him play like a bluff kind of tough guy before. Yeah. He's always like an evil dandy. <laughs> yeah, Everything yeah, else yeah, I've yeah. ever seen him in. He fucking does well. He does well. I need to rewatch that movie. It's got a lot of watching in it, actually. Yeah, I figure it's it got would. a lot of little details and bits. Mm. I noticed a lot more the second time round. Yeah. I kind of feel like it also took me about a third of the movie to really get on board with the rhythm and the the it's, style of it. So. It took me a while to get on board with the British accents. Mm. Um, I didn't dislike it. They were the well-placed, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, having Stalin as a kind of cockney gangster yeah, was yeah. pretty much- the, 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 if anyone has not seen The Death of Stalin, mm. the accenting, although his British regional accents, is and, done in accordance yeah. with their kind of Russian counterpart accent. Yeah. With the exception of Steve Buscemi, who oh, yeah, is that's right. still well-placed, but that's a, true. an American accent. Same effect. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, cool. Fuck, Iran, doom. You want to move on? Yeah. What have you got? Something cheerful? Um, comparatively, I guess. Uh, the Tory party yes. in the United Kingdom yes. is over 50% mm. Islamophobic. Colour me surprised. Two thirds of Tories. This uh, is sourced, by the way, from, in fairness, not notoriously Tory friendly, the independent. Yeah. Uh, however, the data is the data. Mm. And two thirds of Tory members, this is not voters, this is members of the party. Yeah. Genuinely believe there are parts of the UK operating under Sharia law. Yeah, that's fucking bleak, that one. As a... as a. Well, this is the party <coughs> that's attacking Jeremy Corbyn for being for anti-Semitic, being anti-Semitic yeah. by the way. Um, <laughs> that's such a bafflingly high number. 40% of uh, 
Tory members believe that uh, there are no-go zones that Muslims, yeah. are, non-Muslims, are literally not allowed into and that the police are afraid to enter. Yeah. How I did that one get off the fucking ground? Never see. Um, how did it get off the ground? It was- um, Like, I understand why- Katie Hopkins. Yeah. Sure. Who, I think- like, I understand why it was said. Uh, I understand the effect that it was trying to have, but the staying power of such a bold-faced lie. I, I mean, it's still, it's a, still surprising. A lot me, of I Tory guess. party yeah. members don't travel around much. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm envisaging, essentially, hobbits from the Shire. Yeah. A bit more yeah. evil. Yeah, so the and Sackville Bagginses is- Yeah, the Sackville- Most Tory members, thank you, a Sackville Bagginses is exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, small-minded Fucking Lotho and Lobelia, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, because you never leave <laughs> um, shithouse on the turd your entire life, <laughs> you are told that Birmingham is a massive rape shed. Yeah, yeah. Controlled by Ullerite uh, Ayatollahs. Yeah, that yeah. The police can't have access to because they have their own Sharia squads. Yeah, and you just go, oh yeah, well, that's. <laughs> I don't want to give Birmingham accent. <laughs> yeah, the one accent. <laughs> oh well, they would do that down there. Yeah, ghastly, yeah, awful yeah, place. Yeah. And you know, do you know Genghis Khan runs London now? Yeah, Genghis Khan, that they fucking ju- dude. The 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 fucking like. It, I couldn't handle how tiring it would be to be Sade Khan and it just every day getting up and being like, I'm fucking British and everybody just being like such a cunt to you. I'm actually an extremely boring middle of the road Blairite <laughs> politician. There's nothing remotely fascinating about me yeah. in the slightest. Yeah. You would say that, Ayatollah. Like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Genghis Khan wasn't an Arab. <laughs> or a Muslim. Uh, fucking hell. What a country. Believed only in himself. <laughs> One of the great inspirational stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man without a nation. Uh, so the Conservative Party shoot. have yeah. accepted this, by the way, and fostered this. Mm. Um, and we oh, s- have seen the consequences of it in the latest leadership election, right? Where Rory Stewart, yeah. who is like, you know, a, a fucking weird creep the least insane by a substantial margin of mm. the people who were standing. The most interesting person as well. Rory yeah. Stewart actually got quite a fascinating uh, story behind him. He reads like something of a 1930s literary character. Yeah, yeah. But- I'm he, not familiar with him. He least. So he, he, he was a soldier in Iraq and Afghanistan. Right. He was a private tutor to Prince Harry. Yeah. He- is a junior member of the Tory party. He's got a very bony face with very large teeth. England he- is just fucking lousy with these kind of posh former soldiers. I yeah. don't understand what the fuck, like James Blunt did it and they all thought it was okay to come out of the fucking woodwork. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, all right. But he sort of wandered around England with his enormous teeth, sort of going, yeah, Roy Stewart, I'm in the Kew Gardens if anybody wants to come for a chat. And he had mm. his, in the, was uh, filmed, he had his arm out. Yeah. As if he was holding a phone, but there was a professional cameraman doing the show. Holy and shit. On why? Twitter, some, somebody tweeted at him, are you pretending to be holding a phone? And he just wrote <laughs> back immediately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he was completely, like, this is weirdly honest. Yeah. They were talking about their drug use past, because Michael Gove got rumbled for can- uh, cocaine. Yeah, to, yeah. To the shame of cocaine, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most cocaine supplies just spontaneously combusted. Cocaine's fucking, uh, like, 
public ticket has been dropping on the, significantly on, on the lately. plus side though it's now 20 percent cheaper so. <laughs> but uh anyway so they all told these naff stories about how they were at university and somebody exhaled marijuana smoke near them and you yeah. know all this sort of stuff and Stuart just says opium yeah <laughs> uh, i was at a wedding you see in, in <laughs> afghanistan and it was, it was didn't seem uh, like it would have been terribly acceptable to turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I can get behind that uh, just so, because, yeah, because of the the, the cowardice with which other people have been relating their drug stories. Yeah, he was great. And he was totally unapologetic about it. He was like, you know, mm. I thought it was the polite thing to do. It was yeah. legal in, at the time in Afghanistan. Sure. And uh, it was fine. And anyway, he said he enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. But he, and he wasn't going to do it again. He looks like a man who- He, he looks like a sort of 19th century um, sort of warning about op- the dangers of opium kind of portrait. Like, he's one of those, yeah. those unhealthy boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the sallow-faced children of the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, totally. Uh, and he's a very flawed and disastrous political figure. Like, I don't mm. like Rory Stewart. His voting record's very right-wing. Yeah. Uh, his outlook on life is very right-wing. But mm. he was talking about going into the Brexit negotiations, and he was really discussing in public the idea that they would have to make compromises with the Europeans. Yeah. And that you don't get free trade agreements with anybody without compromise and without surrendering a degree of control over your sovereignty. And that if- yeah. Britain wanted to be part of the international community and not a fucking completely isolated dump state like North Korea, Mm. they would just have to make compromises. And he was the only person in the whole 10,000 people that were running for the Tory leadership Mm. who actually was prepared to make that concession publicly and tell the people about it. Um, And he's gone. He was was shafted pretty quickly. I think Sadiq Khan lost before him. Yeah. Uh, Poor, strange little Sadiq. And- Mm. Now we've been left with, I don't know who's uh, got it, by the way. I think it's been announced by now, but I've mm. missed it. But it's between Boris Johnson or uh, Jeremy Hunt. Yeah, Just, you keep looking and I'll look up and see if there's any news. Um, you keep talking. I'm and concerned. if it's going to be Jeremy Hunt, we're going to have essentially Theresa May still in power. Yeah. And if it's going to be Boris Johnson. Why, why, why in any fucking universe after- Brexit, after Cameron, after Theresa May, would you elect a leader whose last name rhymes with cunt in Britain, the land of rhyming chants? <laughs> land of rhyming slang. No, well, slang, but chants, you know, oh, like yeah. football well, chant yeah. style. Sorry, ch- oh, chants. I thought you said chants. No, no, no. As it were. No, chanting. Yes, no, you're quite right. It would be a disaster for them. But it, mm. so he's, the fact that his surname rhymes with cunt is the only remotely interesting thing about Jeremy <laughs> All that he's done in his career as a politician is damage the NHS. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm not aware of any other claims that he has. Mm. But uh, Rory Stewart, of all the candidates, polled best with the general public. He had a yeah. pretty good approval rating from the general public. That's in, you know, context of him being one of the options they had to pick. Yeah, 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 right? of course. Generally speaking, people aren't wild about him, but of the batch, he was the most well looked after by the public. But the Tory leadership, uh, the Tory membership base, he did terribly. He did really badly with the party members. Mm. Boris Johnson, who is a disaster with the general public, who is hated by almost everyone in the UK, yeah. whether you're a Remainer or a Lever. Yeah, he's really the, soured the room against him. Huh? He has, because everybody knows. The Remainers hate him because they know that he knew they were right and he campaigned against them anyway, cynically. 
yeah. the Leavers hate him because they know that he knows that it's a terrible idea <laughs> to leave the EU. Yeah. Right? Nobody trusts him. Everybody hates him. He's mm. also um, a, a classic example of an Englishman getting away with being stupid because he has a posh voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a fucking <laughs> blunder boy, for sure. Yeah, right. But, you know, well, um, this is the accent of power and has been for the last 300 years. So yeah, well, yeah. Ah, Even the Americans recognise it. Yeah. <laughs> when you eat food, I, I say, where does it go? You know. Because I know you eat the food and an... I know it goes somewhere because it doesn't stay inside you. People all around the world tuned in to Top Gear for years yeah. just to see Jeremy Clarkson go, Hah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's extraordinary, the fascination and power that accent still holds yeah, around yeah. the planet. Uh, and it's all he's got. It's the only arrow in his quiver. I think we owe a debt of gratitude to Clarkson for revealing how, like, small-minded and spiteful and vile you can be while having that accent <laughs> and doing it in public for so long that people eventually kind of twigged and yeah. were like, yeah, all right, he's a cunt. Yeah. because he's if a total you, Jeremy Hunt. If you were to- um, give Jeremy Clarkson everything he currently has, mm. but give him like an Essex accent. Oh yeah, people he would, would loathe have him. Gone nowhere. Yeah, he'd just be like, "Oh, what a disgusting yobbo." Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I would say I say <clears throat> entirely the same thing for Boris. Yeah, yeah. Um, no news on the leadership uh, thing, by the way. Oh, marvelous. Well, anyway, in any case, um, the Tory Party membership. Mm are now so far removed from the British public at large mm. that virtually no British people believe that there are no-go zones in their country. Yeah. Virtually no British people believe that Muslims control territory within the UK that yeah. somehow violates British sovereignty. Yeah. Two-thirds of the membership base of Britain's second largest political party. Mm. Largest in terms of um, national parliamentary seats held. Yeah. Genuinely are so far removed from reality that they think their country is being smothered by Islamic insurgents. It's fucking wild. It's such an irrelevant threat. And, like, kudos to whoever has kind of engineered this because the mileage that they've gotten out of... Look, the, the Spectator was a part of it. Um, yeah. And Murdoch has been a part of it. Yeah, of course. Um, but the internet is chiefly responsible. Yeah. You know, um, YouTube and Facebook, mm. I'm afraid to say, and Google's search algorithm yeah. have completely, completely fucked these people. Because the thing is, Conservative Party members mm. are not, computer savvy they don't yeah. know how to look for information <coughs> online yeah so they get all of their info from fucking boomer memes on facebook and they get 100 percent shunted into some pretty horrible fucking places yeah yeah you know what given the two statistics that you've given today uh re uh islam and the arab world and and britain and stuff between the two the the stats coming from uh the middle east and and the people's kind of outlooks there and their desire to emigrate. And the other one, the British one about Tory members believing that there are fucking no-go zones controlled by Sharia law. I fucking hope that the Middle Easterners all move to London and take it over. Look, 
<laughs> I hope that they fucking do. I hope that they make no go zones where it's like you can't be a conservative and come here. I would Sorry. be surprised if uh, the UK attracts a lot of Arab uh, migration because well, m- migrants tend to go to places where you have a chance of making a better life for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Just like us, they've post- been putting in the work to make it an unattractive <laughs> yeah, prospect. Right. Post Brexit, Britain will still have prospects. But uh, you're wanting to go to Europe if, yeah. if that's what you're looking for. You yeah, won't be definitely. wanting to go to the UK. Why would you want to go to the UK anyway, like, at this point in time? Even I... Uh, a notorious Anglophile. A notorious Anglophile um, have only doubts about the place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I've lived there before. Uh, I kind of know what it's like. Uh, uh, I would... Not in a fucking million years want to move there now. It's in the developed world, it is really only beating out the US. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Pretty much every other, as it were, developed country yeah. um, is is head and shoulders over the UK now. Yeah. Well, fuck. The Tories are dumb. Who'd have thought? Not just dumb, though. Poisonously stupid and deluded. Yeah, you can be you can be unintelligent and still aware of reality. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, this is this is genuine, genuine delusion and madness. Yeah, yeah. And it's happening while the Labour Party are under fire for endemic racism, and this is what has yeah, yeah. me uh, particularly angry. The Labour Party has anti-Semites occur occasionally. The left has always had an anti-Semitic streak, which has um, been tied into its anti-capitalist streak and yeah. very foolish and uh, poor, in, poorly informed opinions about Jewish people and their role in society. Yeah. But I'm not aware of um, any significant left movements happening in the world today mm. who are characteristically anti-Semitic. No, me neither. The fact that a lot of them are... And uh, I know that Jeremy Corbyn isn't. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he has very close relationships with a, uh, a Jewish uh, left-wing group in the UK called Judas, who mm. are, uh, um, you know, they okay, they, they, they want Israel to be abolished entirely, yeah. which is a step further than my own position, because I think that would just be another human rights disaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid Generally it. not in favour of displacing <laughs> millions of people where possible. But 100%, like, the occupations and shit, uh, like, that's where- But that's this where gets this its ammunition from, comes from, is that, from, is yeah. that uh, he is opposed to the occupations of Palestine. Yeah. And there was a, um, do you know, there was a really nice bit, I can't remember what, program it was but um an argument a political argument it was set in america a political argument underway and all throughout the show the writers had conflated palestine and palestinians and hamas the three notions under one <clears throat> yeah. uh, tagline and it was infuriating yeah absolutely infuriating and i think that's a genuine confusion for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, this is the fucking Islamophobia thing, is I mean, that they just genuinely think that if you're a Muslim human, then you're in a fucking turban or a burqa and you have a suicide vest on. It's like grotesque, cartoonish racism. It's nuts, you know. Hamas don't control the West Bank, firstly. That's the, the PLO uh, mm. are the most popular party in most Palestinian territories. Mm. 
Uh, Hamas displaced them in Gaza because Hamas was able to essentially use force to take over Gaza. Sure. Because there was, uh, you know, of the of the crisis caused by Israel. Yeah. Um, how you can go from, I don't believe the Palestinians should be oppressed to that man's being an anti-Semite. Yeah. I know Corbyn, like, has put his foot in it a couple of times. He has. will be fair to his critics because he's not a fucking savvy media operator. Mm. Even though he's better now, he's still pretty shit for yeah. a professional politician. Yeah. Um, and his uh, fondness for the Palestinians has led him to give, I guess, I don't know what you would call it, tacit or... Um, kind of vicarious support mm. to anti-Semitic groups on the internet. Yeah. Um, but I'll say from practical experience, it's very difficult in the online environment mm. to engage meaningfully with any sort of pro-liberation movement yeah. without anti-Semitics cropping up and infiltrating well, it. Definitely. People it's- who hate Jews will always support the cause of a free Palestine. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty much impossible to set up anything it's in frust- favour of Palestine it's without these cunts turning up. But it's important to maintain focus. Because that's, yeah. that's it like doesn't mean that Corbyn our- is an anti-Semite. It doesn't mean that anybody who's pro-Palestine is per se an anti-Semite. Yeah. It just means that anti-Semites will magnetise to it in the same way that uh, paedophiles will often magnetise to sexual liberation Absolutely. Uh, causes because they believe that they can get some... Absolutely. The uh, paedophile information exchange in the UK was very successful in the 70s. Mm. Um, Not very successful. Very successful for a group lobbying for paedophiles' rights. (laughs) They were were relatively successful. Yeah. Right? And they were so because they were able to mislead. You could call it a minor success. Hey! Mm. That was clever of them. What they did was they they told the various people part of this kind Mm. of sexual revolution politics that what they were doing was trying to set up an information exchange for paedophiles who wanted support, basically. Yeah. It yeah. was supposed to be... It was sold as a, you know, essentially recovering alcoholics program. Yeah, yeah. PA. Right? Whereas, in fact, it was literally a pornographic information <laughs> yeah, exchange. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was very clever. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you're quite right. You mustn't tarnish everyone with these brushes. Just not be fucking... Unless, of course, you're just a dishonest prick who's trying to grab an yeah, advantage. Yeah, 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 which a lot of a lot of people are. It happens often. Well, you heard it here, folks. Darcy not only supports anti-Semitism, uh, is a self-hating Jew, he's also called... I do find a lot of pedophiles us... pedophiles are clever. I find a lot of us very difficult in social situations. Mm. I couldn't possibly comment. I legitimately don't know... The only Jews that I have known have all been gregarious, lovely people. And I know that that's not indicative of the people as a whole, because they're just fucking sacks of meat with brains like the rest of us. Well, because all the Jews that you know aren't religious. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> very big, true. There's, like a, there's, a, there's, a, there's maybe a sharper cultural division between mm. those who believe and those who don't in Judaism than any other yeah. kind of Australian faith community that I'm aware of. Yeah. I think my mate Charlie, I think his mum might have been practicing, but he was definitely not. Yeah, I didn't even realise that there was a sincere religious component to it until mm. I was nearly a teenager. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in this country, you can kind of fly under the radar, right? Yeah. In that sense. 
Oh, absolutely. There's not the the religious communities. Like I Jewish we, religious communities. Are we do like all the high holidays and stuff. Yeah. But I genuinely was under the impression that it was just a kind of story and a ceremony. I didn't realize yeah. that all because of the way my family treated it. I did yeah, not realize yeah. there were people who were genuinely like, oh no, like there were slaves in Egypt who escaped across the Red Sea, and mm. there's no record of the resultant collapse of Egyptian civilization when all of their labor just vanished overnight, <laughs> and all of the firstborn children died, and the yeah. crops failed and the and water the turned into blood and the army and- was drowned and there's like yeah no architect no archaeological record of yeah. this at all strange that it's not in the egyptian <laughs> history books the day our civilization stopped <laughs> yeah. existing the day some magical cunts ruined everything <laughs> you say well in that case why why not just stay in Egypt? Because you could just conquer it by that point. Yeah, know? yeah. Why choose you the drowned, worst, you the worst the place armies, to live in the Middle East? Sunk the chariots. <laughs> just turn around, open that seat back up and walk. Yeah. Who's, march back in there. Who's the pharaoh now? Who are you now? currently running away from? Yeah. <laughs> the people that you just decimated with divine magic. Just absolute uh, violation of the Geneva Convention. Bacteriological, magical warfare was a possible thing. Yeah, yeah. Awful. Economic warfare. (laughs) Anyway, somehow the Egyptians are the bad guys in that story. Um, (laughs) Well, they did have slaves. Well, I mean, but they- This is why you never choose a hero. They didn't really, though, did they? Because, I mean, they probably did. Everyone had slaves back then. Mm. Um. So the but the the Israelites did all the things the Egyptians were like oh we should we should be worried about these people they're fucking insane mm. and they went and slaughtered the Canaanites awful sure terrible history the point is it, <laughs> it never occurred to me as a child yeah. that actual adult human beings were under the impression that those things had happened yeah well <laughs> and would prepare to base their entire mm. lives on that supposition yeah ah. Oh. Well, as a member, a raised member of the much more sensible religion, Catholicism, <laughs> the most haunted religion for sure. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Get with a more sensible uh, uh, canon. <laughs> Lots of ghosts and foreskins in my religion. Notably few foreskins in yours. Notably few. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was ill explained as well. Why? That's one of those things that, like, I could never have either the justification or sort of really the energy to argue for it. But I 100% agree with anti-circumcision activists. Oh, yeah. I feel you. I feel bad for them because they're so badly ridiculed. And you shouldn't be, kind of you shouldn't be, um, you shouldn't be asking around with a baby's body. Like if it, yeah, yeah. If it's, it if seems it's, like a pretty simple. Unless it's a medical necessity that mm. something be done, you should yeah. not make choices about people's bodies for them yeah uh in any circumstance where it's avoidable to do so the americans and that's are not just children that. by the way all through people's <laughs> lives yeah. you should not be making choices about someone else's body where it is avoidable to do so yeah agreed agreed but you'll never you can't get that movement off the ground and the americans are great at playing the medical wicket like they'll be like ah oh, but so many so many dick problems when you keep your foreskin and it's like no are there no. i haven't had any <laughs> no, it's pretty much the same i was i'm an, i think i i so far removed from from religious judaism it was my family in fact that i'm not circumcised interesting and yes the daywalker yet to have any issues <laughs> i am the daywalker yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. It's 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 fine. It's the way that the human body is meant to be. Uh anyway, yeah. Well I forget what was what that was connected to. Oh, we were just talking about uh circumcision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well fuck the Tories. Uh we should probably well, uh, there's. I tell listeners, I'm going away on holiday soon, yeah. of course, but I am planning a bit of more detailed research mm. into the psychology of the British Tory party. Yep. Because, and only because, I think it has more relevance to our own Tory party than uh, the American Republican Party does. Yeah, yeah, there, there are some links there. I can and say. I'm doing a bit on our Tories mm. and what the fuck is wrong with them. Yeah. Um, but I want to start with their own parents, the British ones. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, good. I look forward to that. Uh, now, do you have a bit or is that the end of the show? That's the end of the show. Ah, well, bravo, listener. We've got another one to record. Though, well, so. we have got another one to record. Two today. <sighs> Fucking Darcy, the selfish I'm arsehole. Going on holiday. He had to go on holiday on Thursday. Which is the same day that the U.S. primary debates, the Democratic know. primary debates, I was debates so looking forward to having all of my suspicions confirmed. Yeah, um, I really was looking forward to it through quote unquote random selection. Uh, Liz Warren and Sanders I'm, will not I'm, be debating each other; they're on separate nights. But is that right? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> so it's just going to be them beating up some children. Well, it's going to be like a really tedious, badly plotted WWE arc where. The inevitable silverbacks end up in the ring together after going through all the jabronis. Well, here's what they're definitely doing. They're putting Warren in with people that she can beat. Uh, yeah. Because they want Warren to come away from the debates as the star of that. Uh, That's true. She'll beat everyone who isn't Sanders. So and in the eyes of some people, she will beat Sanders. But particularly the people that she's been put up against, which is like Beto O'Rourke and Amy Klobuchar, like people whose stars have already fallen. Never heard of Amy Klobuchar. Oh, she's the one that throws telephone books at her staffers and stuff. Oh, very, great. Very abusive. Okay. Uh, and it was very sort of oddly satisfying to- see all of her supporters coming out and being like, wow, seems like somebody's never had a difficult boss before. Sometimes you've got to make difficult decisions Sometimes and be a bit tough. physically assaulted. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Cool. <clears throat> so they're putting uh, Warren up against, like, her and Beto and, like, people who are expendable at this point, I think, so that she can come out of the star of the first debate. And then they have Sanders up against, like, Biden and uh, some others, I think. Sanders will beat will Biden. I'm, I'm bothered, though, about perceptions of biden and how he seems to have this fucking hero shield yeah going on one of two things is going to happen uh in the debate which will primarily be between him and bernie either what the democratic party is hoping hoping will happen is that he will cement his place as like a sensible talking middle kind of dude or he'll beef it really badly because he'll say something like Oh, the status quo won't fundamentally change, which yeah. is on record as saying recently. And Indeed Bernie Sanders, is. who again this time around has nothing to lose and is acting like a really like crotchety old dude, which I dig heavily, will be like, "That's simply not true. The Americans are sick of it. We can't take it anymore." And people will be like, Aah. "So either he'll fucking cement his place as the 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 crowned." candidate or he'll be fucked i mean i think i would i would say on points bernie sanders will win my problem mm. with debates though is that 
the audiences are really dishonest with them and yeah, people yeah. don't care if you've won on points. They just choose whoever they already thought was right anyway. Yeah. Well, if it's like anything like that fucking CNN town hall that uh, Sanders agreed to do where they set him up to have questions asked by the Harvard Centrist Society, then, you know, it could be a bit bloody. But on the other hand, coming out of these debates, it could end up being Sanders and Warren as the t- the top two front runners which i mean that was the only that's the only outcome that makes sense to me yeah which means it's not the only outcome that could happen which like, means it's probably not what's going to happen it's probably yeah. going to be between fucking beto and biden, biden yeah it'll like biden harris and beto oh, or, or uh Buttigieg. he's the other nah Buttigieg is um oh fuck it's it, impossible to say he's a weapon x man he's manchurian candidate so he could they could get him in there I could see Buttigieg being the Democrat Party's Donald Trump. Absolutely. Buttigieg? Yeah. Just this kind of like... I mean, not that like his characteristics are similar to Trump's. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that he knows what the base want to hear and he seems like a people person and that yeah. might be enough. It might be enough. <laughs> but scarier because he's an absolute fucking soldier. Like, he'll do anything that they ask him to. Oh, well, anyway, These that's the... It's supposed to be the end of the show. Let's... All right, go away then. No one's making you listen. <laughs>